As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring on our phenomenal Facebook community. Bear with us just a moment here and apologies for running a little bit late. But welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up Pod. <clears throat> excuse me, the Huddle Up Podcast, uh, presented as always, as you know, Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, today a little bit bittersweet as the 59-year-old Gary Kubiak hung up his his coaching cleats, if you will. What's up, Mark? And uh, retired from coaching after I think it was 24, 25 seasons as a coach in the league. And this is a guy we were just talking about this right before we hit the old go live button, but I view Gary, Gary Kubiak, even though, you know, the last two years he's been in Minnesota, et cetera, et cetera. I still view Kubiak as one of the, I'll just say top five most pivotal figures in, in Denver Broncos canon because he contributed to all three. That's one thing he and Elway have in common. They both contributed to all three world championships, but just your thoughts on Kubiak, the coach, as he as he hangs it up. I thought he was a phenomenal. I don't know. I was going to say phenomenal, but I think I stopped short of that word because I think he was very underrated. And in terms of what he can do with quarterbacks and his system and different places he's been coaching in, different quarterbacks he's worked with, he's always found success. And I only covered him, Chad, for one season in 2016. And what I saw from him was a coach who had the pulse of the team. And looking back on it, we would all kill for Kubiak right now after the Vance Joseph disaster and how Vic Fangio was faring after two seasons so far. I thought Gary Kubiak did a lot with a little in 2016. He won a title, obviously, in 2015. And this past season in Minnesota, where he knew George Payton very well, the new Broncos GM, Kirk Cousins had a great season under his tutelage. I mean, he wasn't the problem there in Minnesota Cousins. It was the defense and the injuries that befell them. So uh, Gary Kubiak was kind of... I don't know. I I don't want to say run out of town, but I think he was negatively um, assessed after he resigned due to health concerns. Everyone knew that he still wanted to be around the game, and why wouldn't he stay in Denver? But he should get his proper due. Obviously not a Hall of Fame coach, but a guy who's been solid, underrated, and no matter where he's went, it's consistent success. And I think this is just a guess on my part. Someone like Gary Kubiak jibes really well with someone like George Payton. They seem to have the same values. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that he has four Super Bowl rings, three as an assistant, one as a head coach. 
He got his first one in 94 when Steve Young got the monkey off his back and finally got his own Super Bowl with the Niners. Kubiak was Steve Young's position coach while Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator there. And then in comes Pat Bowen and says, hey, come be my head coach, Mike. And then Mike takes the job, brings Gary with him. And Gary then gets his first step up to offensive coordinator for the first time in the in the NFL, goes on to win two with Mike in Denver, and then comes back, wins one as the head coach. You know, and even in you think about the Vikings, you go, man, they didn't make the playoffs. Kubi, Kubiak must not have done that good of a job. But if you actually look at their statistical rankings of the Vikings offense last year, his one year as the offensive coordinator, because the year prior, Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator while uh, Kubiak was the advisor and assistant head coach or whatever. But here's how the Vikings finished this year, Zach, in terms of offense. Number four in total yards, number five in rushing, and 11th in scoring. So this is a top five offense that he kind of shepherded. So that speaks to what you just said. He's a very underrated coach. And you know what? He His resume is replete with success after success. I don't think you could – he's probably not destined for the Hall of Fame. He's going to end up in the Broncos' ring of fame. And yes. right here at the bottom here, he retires with a head coaching record of 82 and seven, uh, 82 and 75 in the regular season, 5-2 and two record in the playoffs and a career record. Let's just say a career winning percentage overall of .530. And then one last thing, Zach – Let's not forget, he's also the first coach to lead the Texans to the playoffs, which didn't happen until 2011, and got them their first two playoff wins as a franchise. So tip the cap to Coob. What a what a phenomenal coach. I'll say phenomenal. I think he was, you know, he might not have been some kind of a, a trendsetter uh, or innovator, so to speak, but he took the tried and true concepts of the West Coast offense, the zone blocking scheme. Maybe you could say he added on to him with his own little special sauce. I think he did for sure, and he always knew the right players to fit the scheme for the most part. He had the right quarterbacks. He had the right running backs. And you mentioned in Minnesota last year with Kirk Cousins, he also turned Justin Jefferson, Chad, into a Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate, if not front runner. And if it wasn't for Herbert, I think he would have won that award. He really was a, a hall of very good kind of coach. I think you're right. He stopped short of Hall of Fame, but I think a Broncos Ring of Famer, a Hall of Very Good, if one of those exists, and you can do a lot worse than Gary Kubiak as your head coach. I wish him well. I hope he enjoys retirement, enjoys his family and his golden years now. And thank you, Gary, for what you did for Broncos lore. Guys, we have so much more. To, well, let's grab Kenneth real quick, and then we got to grab some matters of business here. He says, what do you think of Kubes as a quarterback? Hey, man, thanks for the super, Kenneth. And by the way, I did reply to you on that DM, so check that out. Um, you know, he was a backup, and when his number got called, Rello Takeover jumping in also with the super for Kubes. Appreciate you, Rello. When, when Kubiak's number was called as, as a backup, he answered the bell. You know, he didn't have to do too much heavy lifting over that nine years that he served as, as Elway's backup, but it's just really cool if you think about it. Like, he enters the league as an eighth-round pick of the Denver Broncos out of Texas A&M in 1983, which is the same year, of course, Elway was drafted and traded to the Broncos. So Elway, Kubiak entered Denver together. They roomed together as, as in rookie camp and training camp. Then they go on to do great things, both as players together and then as player coach and then as GM, head coach, et cetera. And you can even argue they're going out together. Like Kubiak retiring right now from coaching, Elway stepping away from GM. It's kind of the way the, the it's like the universe set it up to be this, you know, like it's just feels right. Yeah. Old men getting older together, Chad, and they all kind of walk off into the sunset together. 
Uh, Gary Kubiak as a quarterback, I think Chad said it really well. He was a backup type. I mean, he really was never a star. Uh, and to me, a lot like Trevor Simeon, where a very good backup, a great teammate, a guy who can step in and do enough and uh, who knows the playbook. Again, uh, you can do a lot worse than Gary Kubiak as a head coach. You could do a lot worse than Gary Kubiak as your quarterback. So all the way around, he, he just gave uh, maximum effort, and that maximum effort was always really, really good. And for what it's worth, I mean, the, the guy only started, I think it's five games in the NFL, went three and two as a starter, as a quarterback. So for whatever that is worth, my friends, uh, we have so much to get to tonight. It is the Mile High Mailbag. It is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the mailbag because we are your hashtag football priest. Each and every week we're here to offer you up the answers and absolution to your burning Broncos questions. And we can't wait to get to them. We got to handle some Quick matters of business. First and foremost, though, Zach, starting with the presenting sponsor of tonight's show, also the sponsor of Mile High Huddle's offseason and NFL draft coverage, Manscaped. Right now, guys, look, it's you were about three weeks into 2021. Hopefully, you've answered your own bell in terms of new year, new me. One of the best ways to help you hit the ground running is to step up your grooming game, step up your manscaping. With Manscaped, there are so many different products to choose from to help you really hone uh, your grooming habits and have the right products. We talk about the different trimmers, in- including the uh, the Weed Whacker and the Lawnmower 3.0. Zach, I know in, in particular you really like the, the Weed Whacker. I'm kind of partial to the Lawnmower, but they're both yeah. high-quality pieces of manscaping engineering. I mean, I, I again, I'm ashamed to say I use it as, as often as I do, but I used this earlier this afternoon to clean up my nose hair and get in there and, and make myself feel better. And I can sniff better. It sounds better. It looks better. It just makes you feel better overall. And Manscaped, it's affordable. It's high quality. It's easy to use. It holds a charge. Either uh, product forever. I cannot get enough of this. Chad cannot. And everyone that we talk to, Chad, from MHH or close to the pod, who has purchased Manscaped, we have not heard one bad testimonial yet. It's been honest reviews and glowing reviews. Manscaped is the way to go for sure. The cool thing about a couple of quick selling points on this this lawnmower, why you should go get yourself one, number one, it's got the safe skin-safe technology, so you're never nicking yourself, and especially when you're below the belt trimming, you don't, you don't want to be uh, risking any kind of dangerous cuts, right? At the same time, all right, they got the, the light to kind of point in the direction, illuminate some of those harder-to-reach spots. It's just overall the battery life, I mean, this is the complete product. You're never going to have to buy another uh, below the, the the belt grooming tool ever again, as long as you get the, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. So right now with our code HUDDLE, if you go to manscaped.com, you'll get 20% off and free shipping using the code HUDDLE. Trust us, your family jewels will thank you, Zach. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping Broncos country at manscaped.com. Use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. <laughs> Amen. All right. Hey, a uh, couple quick things. We'll dive right back into the stream. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod and on Facebook. We did start a Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Earlier this week, and a lot of you have have gone over and liked the page and followed the page, but we need more of you to do that. We need to grow that page right now. So take this as a as a call to action. I'll I'll put the the link to the page in the in the chat stream. Head on over, give it a quick like. If you like it, that also locks you in as a follower. We're going to be posting some cool stuff there: clips, different things, different announcements, polls. If you want to stay engaged with what Zach and I are doing, and John, and for and for what it's worth, the other podcasts as well. 
That's going to be one of the quintessential ways to stay plugged in. But also on Twitter, as you can see, at HuddleUpPod, the main account on Twitter, at MileHighHuddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And our producer, at John K. MHH. Of course, you know him as Buona Beast. Also, gentle reminder, check out the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a football priest hat. Get the MHH dad hat that you see Zach rocking there. Hoodies, face masks, mug, little something for everybody. And uh, we're, we're keeping an eye on adding additional products and options for you as we get into 2021. And then also, gang, reminder, here we are sitting here on Thursday, only a couple days away from episode three of Kelberman's Corner, which is going to be on Facebook at our, our Facebook page, but only for our official supporters. If you want in on that action, you want to be there for Zach's hot takes that hold water along with Kim Becker, become a supporter. It's easy. You go to the page, you see the big blue button that says become a supporter, click that walks you through the process. You're in like Flynn, not only to get access to the to Kelberman's Corner, but we are adding some really good content uh, and programming to that specific um, community or, or membership community in the ensuing weeks and months, including some draft stuff. So head on over and do that. And if you're watching right now on Facebook, at the bottom where you would type in your chat, type in a question or comment, you'll see that green icon. You click that, it'll take you through that same step. So uh, but if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. We are seriously just stoked to have you with us. We do ask that you do these three things, these three calls to action. They're all within your, your power uh, to do here. Number one, subscribe. Number two, like this video. Guys, you have no idea how much it helps us on YouTube and Facebook if you simply like the video as you're watching it, whether you're live or after the fact. And then number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. Let's grow the MHH family and make it as big as as much of a big tent as possible this is the overtime podcast network find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site out on the town or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive sierra 1500 or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today woodhouse buick gmc we are professional grade at firehouse subs a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders we make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. All right, John, what do we got? I got some topics I want to get to, but um, actually, whoops, sorry. Do that again. We'll We'll get Rod here. There we go. Thank you. Uh, we call him the Zeus, the Zeus. All right. TM. <laughs> all right. Stu, love you, buddy. And, uh, I mean, just founding, founding member of this community, top rope, MHH, Mount Rushmore, the first face etched up there. Stu was, was easily for those of you who are new to the, to the community. Stu McPeak was one of the guys that, uh, indirectly, Encourage Zach and I to take our our um, pre-recorded podcast that we would do twice a week and turn it into a, basically a daily show, a live podcast on on YouTube and across all of our streaming platforms. So Stu deserves a lot of credit for the inspirato, for the inspiration, the, the, the light bulb that we had. So love you, Stu. 
That's why, you know, Chad mentioned we're going to debut some new items coming from Huddle Up Pod and, you know, MHH. One of those is the MHH official currency. And like we mentioned before, Stu will have his face on the $1 bill. He is our founding father. And Stu, we love you, man. Love you, buddy. Rod TV jumping in with the super chat. Appreciate you, Rod. It says, I know we have holes on defense, but we also have to realize even if we fill up that defense, there are still 10 quarterbacks better in the AFC than Locke. You know, and this all kind of comes – thank you again, Rod. It's a good it, – we we love hearing your your thoughts and your takes. You know, it comes down to, I think, the, the question on everyone's mind is, even before Deshaun Watson entered the uh, the stratosphere here is, you know, is, is there an upgrade in the draft that the Broncos can, can realistically be within striking distance to land that would improve it over Drew Locke? And I'm not convinced outside of Trevor Lawrence that there is a, an option that upgrades the position day one for the Denver Broncos. But on the topic of Deshaun Watson, you're talking about holes on the defense there, Rod. And there are some, especially at corner and linebacker. And depending on what happens with Vaughn, you could have some issues for edge depth and whatnot. But listen, you significantly step on your own you-know-what if you give up your next three first-round picks, maybe a, a early day two, a couple of early day two picks. Maybe, I know this was floated by Nine News, Mike Kliss uh, today, in fact, that if the Broncos were to make an offer there, we'll get more into this later, uh, it would probably not only include the three first-round picks that the Texans would require, but maybe even one of the star players like a Jerry Judy, a Noah Fan, <laughs> someone like that. To me, it's just it's a bridge too far because – I just don't think Deshaun Watson is a guy that steps in and takes you from five and eleven to, to eleven and five by virtue of his own wherewithal. I think he has the potential to become that in the future, but not if you take away all the resources to build the team around him that it would require, you know, that you have to give up just to get him here. I read um, three first round picks plus Drew Locke plus Noah Fant plus Jerry Judy. I mean, at what point is it not worth it? At what point are you taking away more of the team than you're adding to it with Deshaun Watson? And let me ask you guys this: the guys and, and the gals out there who are still pining for the Deshaun Watson trade, will he guarantee you a title? Because the only way you surrender three first round picks is if you get Tom Brady and his magic or his deal with the devil, any way you want to look at it, in his prime. He doesn't guarantee you anything. He hasn't won anything in Houston, and he's had a pretty good team around him. What's held him back in Houston? Coaching. What would hold him back in Denver? Coaching. You don't make the kind of move. Maybe if they were one player away, if they were the Niners, let's say, needed a quarterback to get over the hump, you have the genius coach in Kyle Shanahan, fine. But they're not one player away. They're multiple players away. You mentioned on defense alone, Chad. How about, how about the defensive line? Gerald Casey might be gone. Mike Purcell's coming off a season-ending injury. J- Shelby Harris might not be resigned. And you couldn't resign him, Shelby Harris. You couldn't sign Justin Simmons. You couldn't keep adding to your team and building from your team if you give up three first-round picks and a hundred-something, $65 million contract into Sean Watson. It's one or the other. And I don't know how many times George Payton has to say it is not going to happen. He's mentioned building from within. He's mentioned stockpiling and hoarding draft picks. His first big deal as the Broncos GM and Elway's successor is not going to be to make a blockbuster deal that's never been done before in the sports history. John, do you have the second one there from Rod that uh, is talking about Peyton? Because my stream just did a huge jump. Thanks, buddy. By the way, Dale at 623 is my next closest. So, Rod TV again. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, I like Peyton the new Denver Broncos GM, but he's wrong about the winning with average quarterbacks. That only gets you so far. We're in the AFC, not the NFC. Ten quarterbacks 
our top 15 uh, in the AFC lock is last. Rather, I'd rather struggle knowing who our guy is. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think that what he's trying to say is, I think for Peyton, what he's trying to say is you can win and you can compete uh, without having Peyton Manning as your quarterback, okay? And I think that's been proven time and again. That can't happen. But he's seen the limits of that, right? Case Keenum gets you to the NFC Championship game and no further. Uh, there's there's a few exceptions that prove the rule, like the 2000 Ravens, like the 03 uh, Bucks, or was that 02? 02 Bucks. Two, yeah. 02. Um, you know, and you could even argue some people do. I don't. Some people argue even the 2015 Broncos, but you still had Peyton Manning. He might have lost some luster in terms of his physical ability, but that was Hall of Fame brain between those years. So, you know, you can make that argument, but um, at the end of the day, I think what he's really trying to say is, as, as Zach just mentioned here, let's focus on building the, uh, a winner roster, doing it the hard way, uh, no shortcuts, build through the draft and develop and let the chips fall. There's two other examples that you can harp on as well, and that's the Los Angeles Rams that got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and the 49ers got to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that was in the last three, four years. It can be done, and I understand what George Payton is saying there, and it's something that we've been saying, Chad, since we started podcasting together. The Broncos, considering their their glut of defensive talent, and now they have the horses on offense. They don't need a Deshaun Watson. Everyone would want one, of course, but they don't need one. You need consistency. You need a good quarterback. Pro Bowler would be great, but all you need is a good guy under center, and you can go far. You can play well into January if you have that. I think that's what Peyton is saying because he he's seen that demonstrated throughout the course of his executive career. But it is a slippery slope because John Elway, let's face it, he convinced himself that the Broncos, by virtue of their defense, were just one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all. That was part of the uh, ill-advised philosophy that led the Broncos astray all the way up until current times. Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum, Chad Kelly, Neil, Joe Flacco, right? And you could some people would argue, I'm not quite there yet, Drew Locke. But, you know, it is a slippery slope. But I think first things first, you really do have to focus on filling some of the most immediate holes. And if you do have a clear opportunity to upgrade that position, the quarterback position, and get one of those guys that you're talking about, Rod, you take it, provided you're not cutting off your nose to spite your face. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. We do have to say thank you to another one of our great sponsors of tonight's live stream podcast, sportsbetting.com. Again, guys, kind of on the, the theme of new year, new me, 
look, if you want to make watching the NFC and AFC championship games a little more interesting or the Super Bowl or the NBA, sportsbetting.com, similarly to the way fantasy football works, if, you, if you're playing for money in fantasy, that is, it helps kind of raise the stakes, make it more fun, make it more interesting. And in Colorado right now, you got gambling is legalized. Sportsbetting.com is the destination for you. And here's why. You get sharp odds, low juice, all right? They make their own odds. They're not a third-party provider of odds, meaning they're not scanning around the internet to see what some of their competitors are doing for odds and then using that on their site. No, it's they make their own odds. Uh, that results in reduced juice. And the best price is also you get hassle-free bonuses that you can roll over after one time. And that is so crucial compared to so many of their competitors out there that make you have to bet it five to 30 times before you can cash out or access the very money that you received in a bonus. And then the third thing is you get the 24-7 live customer support, always a real person in the United States. And Zach, we talk about this all the time, that what it involves anything that has to do with the dollar-dollar bills, and you have a question, you need to be able to, you want to be able to talk to a real human being, and sportsbetting.com does that for you. But the kicker is this, right now, after you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will double your deposit up to 300 bucks. That's $300 in free bet credits. You got the NBA rolling right now as well, plus what remains in the NFL playoffs. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. That is sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize on up to $300 in free bet credits and kick 2021 off on the right foot. Dale, appreciate that super chat, my dog. He says, I'm going to miss the show again tonight with work, but wanted to take a moment beforehand and say, I miss MHH. I'll be sure to watch it uh, later tonight, hashtag MHH. Appreciate that, Dale. Thank you, Dale. Really do. And by the way, real quick here, John, before you grab the next one here, um, we sometimes are late. You know, huddle up. Pod. That's something we can do better at, all right? I know all the all the other shows, Zach, they do a really good job. If they go live at, at 6 o'clock, usually we're going live a little bit after 10, 10 after, I should say, somewhere between 6, 10, 6, 6, 15. But sometimes the reason why we end up being a little bit late is before we go live, we like to really kind of hash out exactly some of the topics we want, uh, get up to speed on things. Every every once in a blue moon, there's a technical difficulty or, you know, we got to pull up a read from one of the sponsors or something that delays us. But we can take that as a personal call to action to step our game up, try and be a little bit more punctual for you. all What's up, Kathy? Good to see you. I, we also kind of make it up because we go longer and longer now. The other day was an hour and a half podcast. So, guys, if we are a few minutes late, we always tack it on to the end of the podcast. So, you know, things happen. It's life. Crap happens. Uh, let's see here. It is the Mile High Mailbag. We're going to get to every single Super Chat, but we we try to be as uh, comprehensive as possible in getting to your questions and comments in the Mile High Mailbag. That's that's one of the uh, hallmarks of, of uh, Thursday's show. Wow. Drew H., top rope. He's a wow. he's a another one of these founding members of the community. I mean, Mile High Huddle as a publication has existed since 2014, but the community at large, I mean, the community has existed for a while too, a few years, but it really set off into the stratosphere in the football season of 2019. And guys like Stu, as we already mentioned, Drew, another one that really helped give it momentum and wings and, and lift it up into that stratosphere. So love you, buddy. Appreciate you rocking the brand in your profile pick and supporting us the way you do, my friend. He says, uh, give Locke another year, draft some competition. Selling the farm for Watson would be catastrophic. And paying a guy like Dalton $10 million to be a backup when we have Brett Rippon for pennies is absurd. I feel you on the first point, Drew. But, Zach, I know you like the idea, potentially, of Dalton coming in. I on do. 
two year, 10 mil type thing. I do. I, I like it too, but tell, tell Drew why, why you like that. Well, I mean, first of all, I was going to say when you were talking about him, Drew is a fantastic Twitter follow. I mean, he's, he's always up on the Broncos. He's tweeting at us about Broncos news and him and I tend to, you know, align on certain issues. And I saw he tweeted at, at this to me earlier. He wouldn't pay 10 million bucks over two years, $5 million a year for Andy Dalton. You're already paying Driscoll two and a half million. I mean, you're already paying him a chunk of change. Why not just pay a little more and get a guy who, in a best case scenario, is a backup? Because in a best case scenario, Locke is balling out for 16 games and they have no reason to play Andy Dalton. He signed with Dallas. He wasn't going to start for Dak Prescott. He has no problem being a backup. He's not going to make waves. He's not going to impede Locke's progress, but he'll keep the Broncos competitive if they go that route. And $5 million a year is nothing for a quarterback, let alone a veteran quarterback, let alone a three-time pro bowler. Drew and a lot of other Broncos fans out there have really high hopes in Brett Rippon, and he's he is what he is. He showed what he is already. They need someone, and this is something that's been proven this season, and I think George Payton has identified they need a better quarterback on the roster, not just backup or starter, a better quarterback. And Brett Rippon is not better than Drew Locke. Andy Dalton right now would be as a fail-safe or as a backup. So among the veteran graybeards, Chad, among the available options, I, I'm big on Andy Dalton. Ten million bucks, two years, sign me up. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it either. I mean, I think you need to upgrade the, the fail-safe guy, and I think Andy would be kind of the perfect storm option for that, just in terms of having your stopgap fail-safe. By the way, real quick, just a message to Isaac, who's become one of our superstars. Last night when we, we sent out our, our – customary nightly tweet <clears throat> shouting out the superstars from each show. I totally forgot Zach that we were connected with Isaac on Twitter and I typed his name into the tweet and then realized after it was sent, we know his handle. So Isaac, hope you saw that we did tag you on Twitter last night. Really appreciate your support, my friend. It does mean the world to us. Also shout out to John, one of our Facebook supporters. Good to see you, brother. Uh, I mean, the, the gang, is, the gang's all here. All right, John, let me see what we got here. There's the KR. We got Christy in the house. The queen is, is here. Uh, let's yeah. Josh agreed here. Lots of love for Kubiak retiring from the NFL Broncos country has nothing, um, but the best for you. Uh, enjoy retirement. He deserves it, man. He deserves it. Rod jumping back in. Thank you, Rod. Hey, bro. He says 22 quarterback draft class. The 2022 QB class is horrible. Draft a QB now. If we don't draft now and Locke struggles, it might be longer for us to be a threat team uh, in our own division. I feel you, and I know the draft guys at MHH pretty much share a brain with you, Rod. But keep in mind, you know, the 2020 quarterback class for two years was viewed leading up to as being a subpar class. And yet you get Joe Burrow, you get Justin Herbert. Who else am I missing from this class? I mean, you got you got you got some studs. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts emerging there and outshining, arguably, uh, former number oh, two overall big pick. Time. Oh, yeah, you know, I feel you, but a lot can change between now and then. I mean, Joe Burrow. Let's see, two years before he won the Heisman. All right, you back it up to 2017. No one was guessing that he was going to become the guy that he became. And so, quarterbacks can emerge. Quarterbacks can develop at the college level, turn a corner to heights heretofore unseen. So, I feel you but it's not absolute. A lot can change in in two years, my friend. 
And for all those positive projections, no one ever sees that Josh Rosen's coming, Chad, the, the bust that come out of draft class. So you can't really look at things two years away or even a year away. The Broncos right now are focused on 2021. And here's the other end to that question. What if they draft a quarterback, let's say in the first round and Locke goes out, he holds on to the job in, for, in some, for some, you know, capacity and goes out there and starts. What if he grows up in his third year and they have a rookie on the roster who they invested in? Then what? What do you do then? You you have to pick and choose what you want to do. And by the time the draft rolls around, if they have a veteran on the roster, if they sign anyone this offseason, any veteran, they're not going to take a guy in the first round. So they're going to tip their hand way before the NFL draft. And I don't believe George Payton's going to go that direction. And we've been saying it for a while. The name of the game for the 2021 Denver Broncos is status quo as much as possible. Brandon, Reagan, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Before we get into it, though, I just want to remind everyone, a lot of guys talking draft. We're excited about the draft. We're so excited about the draft at Mile High Huddle that we're holding tomorrow night, all right, Friday night, at 6 p.m. Mountain, we're holding our 2021 NFL Draft Primer, and it's going to be a gas. You guys do not want to miss it. And even if you do miss it live, it's going to be one of those videos that you can refer back to and watch uh, over the next few weeks as we start getting deeper and deeper into draft season where we're going to start not just dropping the names of the guys that you need to know, especially in the first round. This, this first primer is going to be focused mostly on the first round. But, you know, a lot of times you hear names of a prospect and maybe you have kind of a surface acquaintance of who this is, but you're going to connect names with schools. You know, what fits uh, in terms of do they fit the Broncos? What teams could be a threat to take these type of guys? It's going to be a gas. So, Zach, myself, will be on tomorrow night, as well as all the pod hosts and our, our main draft analysts. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, Brandon says, appreciate the super, Brandon. He says, and by the way, Brandon, reach out, connect with us on Twitter, my friend. He says, I love the Watson trade idea, but too much capital to give up. I saw a Jerry Judy involvement as a package. Please know, Drew, year three, uh, draft well this year. Yeah, we feel you on that. And the whole Jerry thing, that came from Mike Kliss speculating, all right? Today he was on with one of the – actually, I think it was uh, Stokely and Zach today on uh, on Thursday on The Fan, and he just – it was pure speculation. He goes, I guess I could see George Payton slapping a, a package together, at least giving it the old college try was actually the one of the phrases he used. But he thinks it would not only have to include, you know, three ones, but a star player on offense that the Texans would need. So whether that's – and he even said maybe a Drew three ones and Drew Locke and Jerry Judy or three ones Drew Locke and Noah Fant. Miss me on that, dude. Count me out. I heard a rumor as well that in place of Noah Fant, it'd be someone like Cortland Sutton, perhaps, or Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler. It's at some point you're stripping away so many assets that if Deshaun Watson even arrived to Denver, he he would have nothing to do with them. He, you're taking away his receiving weapons, and Jerry Judy, you're no a fan. You're taking away the ability for the Broncos to draft a right tackle, let's say, to protect Deshaun Watson, the same issue he had in Houston. It's really not a move that's conducive to the Broncos' long-term success, nor is rooted in reality, Chad. And I'll say it again. If you want Deshaun in Denver, put on Madden 21. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. 
like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Josh Batts with a question on YouTube. If the Broncos don't make the playoffs, do you think George Payton tries to keep Fangio as a defensive coordinator? Explain why that just is very unrealistic to expect. Because I don't, I mean, I mean, look at it from a, a human point of view. If you got fired from your job, would you want to be rehired in a lesser capacity? No. I, I mean, if he gets fired, it's a clean break. And again, I posed this question when we got this uh, about a month ago. What's one time, Chad, a fired head coach stayed with the organization in a lesser role as a coordinator? In the same year, not came back five years down the road. It's, it, does, it doesn't happen for a reason. So if he doesn't do well this year, it's bye-bye Vic Fangio, bye-bye Pat Shermer, bye-bye Ed Donatel, bye-bye all the coaching staff. Is because uh, George Payton's bringing in his guys and building his team. Yep. And I do believe, George, yeah, good to see you, Black Knight. By the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up on Saturday. Uh, I'll DM you. We'll, we'll continue our conversation, um, Jeremy. But, look – I, I believe George Payton when he says he believes this is an exceptional, that's the word he used, coaching staff. You know, Vic Fangio, he has experience competing against Vic um, all those years in Minnesota, five years that he went against him as the Chicago Bears defense coordinator, plus a working relationship, a, a working um, past with Pat Shermer. I believe that he believes that, but it's a production-based business. Fangio now has presided over two losing seasons to open his his tenure as head coach. One more, and it's over. One more, and it's over. Thank you for the stars, Julian, and also Marcus. Appreciate those stars. Julian uh, wants to know, Zach, on Facebook, Eric Bieniemy possibly doesn't take the last team for head coach, being the Texans. Would he be a possibility for the Broncos in 2022 if, of course, things don't work out with Vic Fangio? I would say, heck yeah, and if that were to happen, man – that would be quite the coup. I just, there has to be a reason though, Chad, that he hasn't gotten so much as an interview. I know the Texans uh, reportedly spoke to the enemy as only as an olive branch for Deshaun Watson, but there's, he's, there's something wrong here. And I don't believe it's race. I don't want to open a can of worms. Maybe he doesn't interview well. Maybe teams have concerns about the Andy Reid coaching tree and how much he leans on Reid's influence. But Colorado guy, a great offensive mind, a younger who who knows the sport and the way it's going. I would love the enemy, but there's Brian Dayball out there. There's Joe Brady out there. The Broncos' next coach, Chad, has to be a younger coach. That's the way the NFL is going. And he has to be an offensive mind. And the enemy, uh, Joe Brady, or and Dayball or three minds uh, on the open market next year. The Broncos should leap on if they have the chance. It's really hard to believe that Bieniemy has not landed a head coaching job. Like I, I am seriously stunned, and I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that I think a lot of NFL teams they don't think they're going to have access to him till after the Super Bowl. You know, because they're expecting Mahomes to come in and. Get them over the hump, and then you know. So you're a month weeks, out. though. I mean, wouldn't you want to wait a few weeks for like a brilliant mind? I know I would. I, I yeah, don't, it doesn't I, make sense. I would, but I'm not sure NFL 
owners and GMs, they don't always think that way. You know, I just think that's one of the reasons. I think another mitigating factor is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions as to who, you know, who's calling the plays. We know it's, it's, right. it's Reed. And so what does that say about the enemy? Um, by the way, real quick, this Facebook comment from Pat McCracken. Uh, he says, Kubiak's best game was the 91 AFC title game against the Bills. Came in for an injured LY, drove the field for a touchdown. Denver did lose that game. Yeah, I remember that, my friend. And thank you for bringing up the uh, the memory. I want to say that was the Bills, uh, the game that launched the Bills into their first Super Bowl with the whole, you know, uh, run and shoot, Jim Kelly. The wide right, you know, the Scott Norwood uh, wide right. They should have won that game. The Bills should have one ring. They should have one ring. Maybe they'll get two this year. We'll see. Maybe this it comes this year. Um, <laughs> the original says, do you think Watson uses Manscaped? If he's smart, and I think he's smart, so probably. Um, Isaiah, should Denver go to free agency for a corner or draft. the draft? Draft. I mean, I, I someone asked me on Twitter, even last night on the pod, I believe, I believe it was Kenneth, he asked me, would you trade for Marshawn Lattimore? And I'm, I'm staying at nine. I'm drafting the blue chipper in this class, and that's, his name is Caleb Farley. A premier cornerback for Fangio's scheme can do it all. Uh, he is the real deal, and the Broncos need cornerbacks, plural, Chad. So don't be surprised if they double-dip this year in the first and second round like they double-dipped for wide receiver this past year. They need multiple guys back there, and I believe it starts in the first round, number nine overall. Just to set the stage real quick, here's what you're looking at in terms of the free agent market this year. There are some intriguing names, but remember – they're going to come at a, at a cost. So the Denver Broncos just rolled over 17 million in unused cap into from 2020 into 2021. And that's going to, that's going to inflate. So let's just assume for a second that the, the, the cap is set at 175, 175 million, which is the floor. That's the lowest it can go under that new CBA. They codified right before the uh, season started last year. If it's 175, you add 17 onto that, you know, they're in a little bit better situation than some teams out there, but it still only translates currently to about 14 million in cap space, according to our Bob Morris of, of Mile High Huddle. So, you know, 14 million, that's better than a sharp stick in the eye, Zach. But if you want to re-sign a Justin Simmons, a Shelby Harris, right. you're gonna have to move some stuff. You're also gonna have to cut some bait, like probably the Drell Casey's of the world, probably the AJ Bouyes. If you want to bring in a, a corner from from the veteran market, here's what you're looking at: Patrick Peterson, who's 31, he's going to be 32 this year, going to want to get paid. I right. mean, yes, the best years are behind him, but he's still going right. to command a solid contract. Richard Sherman, the gray beard. Um, there's DJ Hayden, Josh Norman, Jason McCourty. It, it falls off a cliff after that. <laughs> it really does, Sherman. I mean, it's a lot of late late 20s, early 30s type of type of guys. So. You know, even like Ronald Darby's 27, you could still argue he's in his prime, but he's fallen off the last few years. You know, he's not just, he's just not been the same guy he was for a minute there. I'm just looking at this list, Zach. No one jumps out to me. And so I concur. Go get your guy in the draft. And even if it's not Caleb Farley, you know, try and land Patrick Sertan Jr. Um, what's that kid's name out of South Carolina? JC Horn. Horn. Yeah, he's, he's a good one too. too. So there's there's some options for the Broncos to really, really improve the cornerback position immediately through the NFL draft. If they um, want to if they want to save some money though, Chad, among that list, Mackenzie Alexander and Xavier Rhodes were both former Vikings cornerbacks. So the George Payton connection, if he wants to go to the bargain bin, those are two names to keep in mind. Speaking of 
still waiting on that that article, Zach. You know, George Payton's Vikings <laughs> connections for what it's worth. What are you talking about? That's not... <laughs> Zach's been killing it this year, or this uh, yeah, this year, this month. By the way, I mean his his articles. He's been on fire. Every one of them, it seems like it's a home run, freaking uh, grand slam viral you, article. So appreciate you. Uh, Kenneth Booker, love you, bro. Who's your favorite non-Broncos player to watch of all time? I loved watching Randy Moss, Troy Polamalu. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Polamalu is definitely up there. Um, so many. I would say that uh, as much as it pains me, I love. I really enjoyed watching Ladanian Tomlinson play the game in his prime. Priest Holmes as well. Two AFC West guys. Big in him. Yes. Um, Polamalu, of course. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think who are some non-Bronco guys in the in the recent past. I mean, Derek Thomas. I'm, I'm keeping it mostly AFC West, you know, before uh, his untimely, um, tragic death. Who are some names for you, Zach? Jog my memory here. I'm a big offensive guy, so I like, you know, like the Tory Holtz and the Isaac Bruces, the Priest Holmes, the Larry Johnsons. Uh, you know, even back in the day, because he shared the same name as me and because he spelled it the same way when I was a kid, or you know, even now, Zach Crockett from the Raiders. I've always liked offense, and, you know – it, it all aligns with when I'm growing up in Chad. I think you grew up in a little different era of the game. You're just a few years older, but the 2002-2003 Vikings always stood out. They had Randy Moss. They had Mo Williams. There's a name right there. Dante Culpepper. That was just a lethal unit. I love watching them play. Always been an offensive guy. Nowadays, though, Chad, I hate to admit it, but I really do. It's a guilty pleasure watching Mahomes. So, I mean, the, the throws he can make and what he can do when he's fully healthy, the arm angles and the arm talent, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, I'll take it back a ways too. I'll take it back to, you know, I I loved. I grew up in the as a kid, you know, discovering the NFL in the mid to late '80s and then the early '90s, you know. And so guys like LT back then, Lawrence Taylor, guys like even Pat Swilling, guys like Reggie White. There were just so many that just made watching the game so much fun. Brett Favre later on, of course, I loved watching Brett Favre play because he just. Not only was he just a great player, Zach, but that enthusiasm and that juice he brought, he just made it that much more fun to to watch. You made me think of those times now, and one guy who won't get any name recognition but was so fun and so you know cathartic and heart-wrenching to watch at times was Vinny Testaverde back in the day. Anyone who doesn't hasn't heard about him, anyone younger, go watch his highlights, play with the Bucks, play with the Jets. Monday Night Miracle was unreal. Yeah, it's Megatron. A, Megatron was Megatron, definitely yeah. one of the fun ones to watch. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Peyton Manning with the Colts. I just I love offense. So that the Broncos, uh, Cowboys, that shoot fifty one forty nine game back in that that was you know pouring for me. Yeah, in other words, football. Um, Barry Sanders to me that's the best running back of all time. Love yes. watching that dude. He was literally he was a guy that could take it to the house. Every every, every single every single carry was a threat. Sean Taylor, yep. And my favorite Sean Taylor memory is him blowing up the punter at the, oh, yeah, the Pro Bowl. Bowl. Yes, almost <laughs> murdering a cat. You know, everyone's going like quarter speed, and then in comes Taylor and just boom, it's over, dude. Too young. Like that right. was a Hall of Fame guy waiting to happen. What a fun shame. question, Kenneth. Thanks, man. It's fun. I love it when Kenneth comes with these type of questions because. Takes us off, you know, current issues. You start thinking about some just fun topics that are fun to discuss. Jess, superstar, love you, buddy. He says support and love you guys. We love you too. Best football pot. We appreciate that, bro. We really do. Thank you, my buddy. Um, Geo, George Vandermark, another 
foundational member of our community here in uh, uh, MHH Mount Rushmore guy. Love you, bro. Appreciate your generosity and your support. He says, of all the people I want back, I want Philip Lindsay signed hashtag 30. He's going to be a, he's a restricted free agent. Okay. I'll check it out, George. Uh, he's a uh, restricted free agent. I think it's, uh, I think the it's probably a 75, 80, 90% chance. Actually, the more I think about it, that he'll get tendered. Question is what does George Payton do after he tenders him? Because I know that even before Peyton came to town, it was been floated by more than one person, including Bob Morris, that he could be a tender and trade type of candidate. And uh, I don't know. I think, though, George Payton comes in. How could you turn away from a spark plug like Philip Lindsay? I mean, just in terms of what he brings to the table on the field, then you've got his story as a homegrown Denver guy. you got his, his story as an unprecedented, never-happened-before, back-to-back thousand-yard rusher as a undrafted rookie entering the league just what he means to the Broncos I know his stars kind of faded a little bit this past year because of all the injuries this was the one year where the whole injury thing came home to roost but I hope he comes back too George I think the Broncos would be remiss to not at least have Lindsay play out his RFA year and then you know what Zach you got you get through 2021 Melvin Gordon will be a free agent unrestricted so will Lindsay then you make a decision long term in terms of what you want to do uh, with your veteran running backs yeah, I think you made the point I was going to make, and that's Philip Lindsay, for all intents and purposes, at least coming off last season, I think he has more value to the Broncos than he does another team, Chad. I mean, maybe after he made the Pro Bowl, he had some trade value, but after that season last year, he was battling numerous injuries, never really got going. He was in a timeshare with Melvin Gordon. What trade value would he really have? But conversely, you, you resign and you put a tender on him for three, three and a half million bucks. You have a game breaking running back under contracts for, for that, which is nothing. And that's good insurance with Melvin Gordon's suspension or his legal issues. And someone like Melvin Gordon, Chad, is always kind of like a Talib, one false move away from being suspended or getting into trouble. And it doesn't ever hurt to have a fail safe like Philip Lindsay. And again, when you think of George Payton's history, he had Dalvin Cook, he got uh, Alexander Madison, he had, um, Latavius Murray there. He's always in, in Minnesota. They valued having more than one running back. So I tend to think that bodes well for Lindsay's future. John, my stream just did a massive jump. I met Peter Parker somewhere around, I'll tell you the time timeline around 6:58, And I'm seeing um, Josh Johnson. I'm seeing blue raw black Knight jumped in Isaac Mitchell. Uh, and then uh, Joshua shadow is in between uh, where my, my reach is. So I'm going to grab Peter real quick. Doesn't come with a specific question or topic, but hey, we got Spider-Man in the house <laughs> and uh, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Stick around. Reach out. Connect with us on Twitter. We'll shout you out after the show, but, but thanks for the support, my friend. You don't fool us, Spidey. <laughs> right. Um, let me see here. While while John's looking, I'm going to grab also Burn the Guitarist, who's really come on strong the last, I'll say, month and a half, two months. Really appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys. What free agents do you see us going after this year? Are there any good inside linebackers out there? Well, let's take a look. I do have spot track still pulled up, so let me let me take a second here, Zach. While I'm pulling it up, anyone off the top of your yeah, of your here's head? one Levante David. That's the guy everyone wants, and uh, he he might be worth it, but he's also getting up there in age, and he'd be fairly expensive. I just would rather if they can draft Michael Parsons or you know JOK or Usu or I mean same player, but. Or Zavin Collins and, and go to work with the younger player with more upside than Levante David. All right, let me uh let me give you guys real quick. So we're all seeing the same thing here. 
I'll tell you where things stand, veterans. Because remember, you have two reliable starting caliber linebackers already on on the roster in Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. Now, Johnson's going to be an RFA. Broncos will tender him. He'll be back. But who do you have out there on the market that could come in and perhaps be that upgrade athletic coverage type linebacker that can do it all? You know, a three down guy. And those guys aren't cheap. I'm looking here. Mm, I don't, I'm not. I don't think so. Avery Williamson, no. Denzel Perryman, no. You already have those. You already have Denzel Perryman on on the roster, and his name's Josie Jewell. Draw Davis was a guy I really liked coming out of the draft back Bust. in the day, but he hasn't uh, panned out. Um, Craig Robertson was a guy I liked back in the day, but he's long in the tooth. Uh, Reuben Foster, cancer. Stay away from him. Um, he was good though when he was on the field, though. Man, you take away the off-field baggage. What a player. I'm looking here, man. Todd Davis. <laughs> There's old Todd. Uh, no one. It's it's really slim pickings. You're going to have to draft the guy if you want him. Man, Davis got old quick. I, I mean, I didn't realize he's 31 now, you know? So, unbelievable. But uh, I think in free agency, you know, most GMs, their, their uh, philosophy, Zach, is – and I got to close, uh, close that tab because it's trying to crush my – browser bandwidth here but um i think most gms their philosophy is pretty unified and that is you do what you can to fill the most immediate roster holes through the free agent pool and the veteran trade market and then you use the that kind of frees you up to 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 be as disciplined on the whole bpa best player available uh, philosophy in the draft but one thing everyone misses that you know and i'm sure the question or the comments are going to come in the chat as soon as i say this you always take BPA. You, if you don't take BPA, you know, you're, you're up in the night. Well, NFL teams rarely just take straight up their, the best player available. They take the best player available at a position of need. That's just the way it shakes out. That's just the reality. Uh, it, what, there are a few exceptions out there, but that's just the way it goes. Yeah, and that's why if, with George Payton's philosophy is so spot on, at least in my opinion, because the nucleus of your team is built through the draft. Not only are they cheaper and younger, but they have higher upside, and you can grow with them. You can grow into them. You can develop them along. You get Levante David, you have maybe two or three years of elite-level play. If you draft Parsons or JOK, you might have 10, 15 years of elite-level play, and he'd be cheaper for the first couple years. So if it's not Levante who might resign with Tampa Bay, there's no guarantee he won't come back there. It's got to be someone through the draft in the higher rounds. They cannot wait anymore for the stern odds of the world in the later rounds. Josh Johnson, appreciate you, my brother. Really means a lot. He says, LOL, I was just messing around with that comment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You guys do an amazing job. Also, I was disappointed with George Payton's answers. Felt like a 2021, uh, the year is kind of a Not his fault. I really don't think so on terms of what do you ex- what do you expect? Like, do you expect him to just tell you everything? He doesn't really know everything yet. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Like, I believe him when he says, you know, I haven't been able to deep dive completely on the roster yet. I do. The one thing I don't believe him on is that he doesn't know anything about Drew Locke other than what his college evaluation was coming out. Athletic, big arm, can move. I believe that the first thing he did after getting the accepting the invitation for the, that first interview, Zach, was he uh, he turned on some Drew Locke tape and got acquainted with what he's dealing with there. So nevertheless, he's got to talk to the coaches. Then he's going to talk to the scouts. Then he's going to talk to the cap czar, Rich Hurtado. By the time you get to February, you're going to have a pretty good feel for if you're George Payton, what what you're how you're going to attack this thing. And then we'll start hearing some buzz. You know, we'll pick up things through our sources. We'll start picking up things through the media. And we'll start getting a better picture of exactly how he's going to attack this thing. But, Zach, I know you're working on a story about Justin Simmons. And this is a guy that he said in a, in a – it wasn't necessarily in his, his presser, but in a post-presser interview with the fan, I want to say it was on the drive, he said that uh, it's a priority, that we're not in the business, the Denver Broncos, of letting our best players leave. And Elway said that, you know, he intimated that uh, Yvonne Miller and Simmons are two guys atop Peyton's to-do list. And I, I don't necessarily believe they're, they're going to tank or giving up on 2021 or that it's a punt. But what he couldn't tell you publicly, George Payton, was that, listen, I am saddled with a coach and a coaching staff and more than likely a quarterback that I did not handpick. These are not his guys, nor is this really his team until next year. You can really make the case, as I have on Twitter, that the George Payton era, for all intents and purposes, start starts in 2022. This year is a continuation and also the finale of the Elway era, and George Payton is the transitional GM right now. So it may be a punt, and it's only a punt because the current coaches and the current players were not good enough. And if they're not good enough, he will get rid of them and bring in, hopefully, better coaches and players. Blue Ra, our friend Chris, superstar, appreciate you, bro. He says, I miss the old interior pressure we used to have. So he's, saw, he's thinking back in the day, you know, 2015, Malik Reed, Derek Wolf pushing the pocket from the inside as five techs with Vaughn and Ware bending the edge. And it was really the perfect potion, right, from, from a pass rushing perspective. Quarterbacks didn't know whether to crap or go blind, right? They got the pressure on the edge, so they try to step up, and then boom, Malik Jackson or Derek Wolf's in their grill. And I think, though, you know, there's some some possibilities there currently with what's on roster because, Zach, 
Draymond Jones, I'm telling you, he's this far away from like blowing the doors down and becoming a superstar in the league. Then if you get Shelby back, you know, he's a he's a five to six sack a year interior guy, which is what Malik Jackson was in his prime. I mean, the best that Derek Wolf ever did was eight sacks in a season. That came in his final year in Denver. You know, he's a five to six sacks a year guy. So I think you can get that, but it depends on whether or not you're going to bring back Shelby. Yeah, you know, Jarrell Casey was supposed to be that interior pocket pusher, and he his was just a epically failed experiment. But they have some players on the roster. They have even Deshaun Williams who can push a pocket. Mike Purcell can then hold the line of scrimmage, especially against the run. So they have some guys. I think it starts with Shelby, and you have Draymond, who can I think will be a pro bowler in 2021. I think under Bill Kolar, the the transformations these defensive linemen go through is just phenomenal, and I think he will be the next great one to emerge from there. So let him work. Bring back Shelby Harris. You have Purcell. You have Williams. You can maybe draft a guy or sign a guy. That's more than enough when you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb as your edge defenders. I honestly think that the Broncos need what they're lacking more is true edge pressure because even though Bradley uh, had seven and a half sacks, Bradley Chubb earned a Pro Bowl. Malik Reed in uh, Vonstead had eight sacks, led the team this year. It wasn't that Von Miller dominating his guy, either bending the edge or bull rushing him or inside swim and getting to the quarterback like that. It was, for the most part, a lot of those sacks were cleanup sacks. They were coverage sacks from the edge guys. I want to see Bradley Chubb, and that's why, you know, there was even he admitted in his press conference after he got the Pro Bowl uh, elections act that he was he was surprised in his heart of hearts as much as he accepts it as as gratefully as he is for it I mean he was weepy through the whole thing you couldn't even control it you, and you love seeing that raw emotion that raw he cares that much about it he wasn't that game changing edge guy bending the bending the edge and enforcing his will on on the opponent so I think he can still be that and I think he will be that but you know that's I think that's the first thing the edge guy or the interior guys they're going to be there. Uh, as far as Jones, and we'll see what happens with Shelby. But we got a very generous super chat, Zach, here from a from a name that I don't recognize on super chat. So Joshua Shadow, thank you Welcome. for that very generous super. We yes. appreciate you. Stick around. You know we want uh, we want you to stick around in the community, make yourself known, connect with us on on Twitter. But he says Drew Lock in Missouri, uh, year one, twenty three hundred yards, four touchdowns, eight picks. Year two, thirty two hundred yards, twenty four touchdowns, twelve picks. Year three, almost 4,000 yards, 44 touchdowns, 13 picks. Year four, he declined a little over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, eight picks. Year two and three were the only years he had the same OC year over year. Do you think he could have this kind of turn with one more year with Pat? I do. This is something I've been saying. We're not huge fans of, of Pat Shermer at this point. Like he has, He's got a long ways to go to kind of earn back my faith and belief in this guy. But I do think there's something to it. However, Zach, flying the ointment was it was announced, um, or at least the buzz coming out. I think it was Pelissero might have reported this. Uh, OTAs. It sounds like Demarie Smith, the president or the uh, not the president anymore, but the top executive of the NFLPA, the president's J.C. Treader. It sounds like they're going to be petitioning again, the players' union, for no OTAs, and that's that's just bad news for for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. But Zach, if that's how it shakes out and Drew Locke still ends up being your guy again in, in uh, 2021, at least you have year-over-year scheme and playbook familiarity. He's not having to relearn something, and that gives him a leg up to kind of hopefully rekindle similar numbers like he just showed. 
Yeah, it's the chicken or the egg, though, because you either have Locke detractors or Shermer detractors, and there's no really that Venn diagram that intersects where people admit it's both. I happen to think mostly it's not on Locke. I happen to think mostly it's on Pat Shermer. So can Locke be better in his third year with some continuity and the same coordinator? Yes. He showed in 2019, his rookie year, what he can do with a competent coordinator who calls plays and game plans to his strength. It all comes down to me, though, and the course of the 2021 Broncos, as a matter of fact, will come down to Pat Shermer. It, no excuses, no injuries, no pandemic. Even if he loses the offseason reps, he has the same offense in place, the same quarterback. He's been there for a year now. There's no excuses anymore. If they flounder next year, I tend to think it's because the coaching, once again, let down the offense. John, I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way here with uh, Black Knight. I've got it right here. I'm going to put him on screen. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I hope and pray that one day next season, Kellen Moore is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Interesting choice. I mean, head coaches are getting younger and younger. I mean, look, the you got Sean McVay, and I think Josh McDaniels was probably the, if you want to look at a trendsetter, or at least the trailblazer. He was, he, what, he, I think he was 32 when he got hired. You look at Sean McVay, he was 30 when he got hired as the head coach of the L.A. Rams. And then, look, Zach Taylor, um, um, LaFleur in Green Bay. And then you look at uh, Brandon Staley just getting hired at 30. Eight, I believe, to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And, Zach, this dude's only coached in the league, in the league, since 2017. Now, I understand he's got a savant reputation in terms of just his football acumen, and he produced, right? He took what Wade Phillips' last year as the, as the defensive coordinator for the Rams. They were middle of the pack to lower third in terms of rankings. He immediately turned that around, number one in almost every major category for the Rams this past year. I believe he's got some 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 juice and some sizzle, but is he the right guy to team up with a a, a franchise that has a burgeoning franchise caliber guy, first round pick, and Justin Herbert? I'll be surprised, but head coaches just keep getting younger and younger. I would have went for Dayball personally if I was the Chargers, just to give my young quarterback a better you know play caller. But Brandon Staley. He had his presser today, and what he, one thing he said really jumped out to me. He was asked about analytics, and he said he believes in that he believes in them, and, and data works. But you also have to have a feel, and you have to have the right context for the analytics to apply those in games. And it's something I've been harping on about Vic Fangio, his lack of the feel for the game, the situational feel. And Saley just gets it. So it's ironic that maybe the coach of the of the Broncos should not have been Vic Fangio. It should have been his understudy, Brandon Saley. But I actually wrote about Kellen Moore that today, it's only a matter of time before this guy gets a head coaching job. He wants one. He's on record as saying he wants one. He came this close to taking the Boise State job. He interviewed for the Philadelphia Eagles job. Only a matter of time. I, he, he signed a three-year extension, but it's it's tenuous. I do think next offseason he will be one because, like you mentioned, Chad, like I've mentioned before, it's a young man's business. Robert Salah was 41. Uh, Sirianni, the new coach of the Eagles, he's 39. Staley's 38, like you mentioned. Arthur Smith, the, the Falcons coach, is 38. Vic Fangio is 62. Do you see what's wrong there? He's also a defensive mind. So there's two ways the NFL is going. It's going younger and it's going toward offense. The Broncos went older and they went toward defense. It doesn't work. Well said. Michael uh, Cravanis on Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. That's a new name we don't recognize. So welcome. Welcome. Stick around. He says, uh, if it doesn't matter if Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, or Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback, aren't better than Locke on day one. If they're going to be better the next 10 years after that, if we can land them. 
Fair point. I get what you're saying, Michael, but consider this. Development has to occur with either one of those guys, right? They're not going to step onto the field and be uh, the, at least the, the odds say in tradition and um, convention say they're not going to step on the field and be Justin Simmons or Pat, or excuse me, uh, Justin Herbert and or Patrick Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson for that matter in terms of straight from the from the draft uh, to to being superstars. They're going to take time to develop. Meanwhile. Drew Locke is developing too. And Drew Locke is now two years of NFL development under his, under his belt. So how, where, which path gets you there quicker? It's a tough, it's a tough call. And that's one of the reasons why I don't necessarily envy the decision George Payton has to make this year, but you know what? You are in the top 10. So if you do believe George Payton, if you believe one of those guys does offer you day one or even, you know, day 700 upgrade over Drew Locke, then, then you'd, you make the pick, but I'm just not convinced that guy is there and that George Payton sees that guy there. Yeah, I'm a big Wilson fan. I don't think he's going to be on the board. I think he goes number two overall to the Jets or another team that trades up, and I'm not a a Lance fan. There's too much bust potential. It's too too many packs to Lynch vibes. I don't think George Payton, if he were to gamble on a first-round quarterback to make a franchise-altering move like that, he would want a safer prospect uh, than a Lance. So, Maybe if Wilson fell, which I, I really don't see happening, I think there's like a 0.5% that actually happens, he would consider that. But again, the name of the game, guys, more than likely is status quo. And that means Locke is returning for one more chance in 21 with a better veteran backup. John, as we're crossing one hour here, we've got Mark Anthony, based Gase, Peter Parker again. And then I'm pretty sure we've got all the supers. So I'm going to grab a few of our supporters here as well as we're as we're getting towards the wee, the wee minutes of the the stream tonight. Eric, appreciate you, my friend. He says, which Broncos players all time have frustrated you the most? For me, it's Todd Davis and Nick <laughs> Ferguson. I like Nick Ferguson, but he was kind of, he was one of those almost guys, you know, almost really, really good on the field, almost makes the big play, but he was a, he was a solid compliment to uh, John Lynch there in that plumber era of the Denver Broncos. As far as frustrating, I'll tell you, Brandon McManus is to mm-hmm. me, frustrating Broncos I've ever watched because he is so good and he is so talented, but then he's got these, you know, temper tantrums and inconsistencies at just the weirdest times. You can't count on him. He's not automatic Matt Prater. He's not automatic. uh, Jason. uh, What's his name? Sanders from Miami. No, no. I'm talking about old Bronco. Jason. Those guys were automatic. One of the bigger mistakes I think John Elway made, um, it's more of a mistake than you might realize was letting Matt Prater go. But nevertheless, for me, I'll just keep it today relevant. McManus, one of the most frustrating Broncos for me to watch. And this past season, Jerry Judy frustrated the living heck out of me watching that dude. Drew Locke as well, because, you know, we had higher hopes and and, and higher standards for Drew than what he delivered in 2020. Chad, are we missing the the pink elephant here? Garrett Bowles, but you know, pre twenty twenty Garrett Bowles. Was there a player more frustrating given his first round pedigree? Uh, Paxton Lynch as a quarterback was frustrating. Elijah Wilkinson has been frustrating as a right tackle, though he was you know a little better in the second half of the season. Uh, you nail McManus. I'm, I'm trying to think because frustrating is my wheelhouse since I covered the Broncos. I know nothing but frustration. So Bowles. Number one, I think, on my list, I, and uh, it's everyone else after that. McManus is up there, though, considering how much he talks, how highly he's paid you know, to miss those field goals, and those extra points now. Not a great trend to be devolving to. 
Uh, Buana B says, uh, former second-round wideouts over the Broncos over the last couple decades. Uh, Darius Watts, Cody Latimer, very frustrating. Mm. <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, and then he goes Mr. on to be at least, a, at least a solid role player for the Bills, right? A solid, dynamic little playmaker. Yeah. Uh, Mark Anthony, thank you for that super chat. Carlos Henderson. Just Carlos Henderson. What a cost. Um, definitely becoming a superstar in this community. Thank you, Mark. He says, I just got a new girl pup. Thinking of a Broncos name. Any suggestions? My current dog is named Denver Von <laughs> Denver <Bond. laughs> Me and the dog, uh, me and the dog fans, me and the dog are fans through and through. Um, you know, there's some quintessential ones like Elway. There's some Atwaters, Champ. Lindsay, uh, that's a good one. For a girl, it has to be a girl. An- An- yeah, Annie, yeah, Annabelle or Annie. Girl, that's right. That's that's true. Lindsay. Heck, you know what? Namer, Namer. Randy for Randy Gratis show. <laughs> an I, I actually have an aunt named Randy for what it's worth. Um, name her. Uh, name her. I'm trying to think of more effeminate. Name Judy. Her. And yeah, spell it Judy. like Jerry spells it. Spell it like, yeah. Well, nice. Nice. That's what I would do. Carlos, the barefoot kicker of the 80s. I don't know. <laughs> that's Brittany that's after Brittany Bolin. Uh, Kathy says, what did she say there, John? I don't love any of those names on the screen. <laughs> no, you're going with Judy. That's the way to go. Judy um, or Lindsay? John, do you want to throw up if you have also Base Gase and Peter Parker as I navigate? There he is. Good to see you, Base Gase. Man, just uh, consistent as, as the day is long. Base Gase, every week he's here in the chat, contributing to the conversation, supporting the cause. Appreciate you, bro. He says, even if we trade for Deshaun Watson, you can still build with non-first rounders. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Daniel Hunter, Michael Kendricks, or it wasn't the other Kendricks, I forget. Uh, it was the other Kendricks. Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks. Uh, we're all mid-round picks by Minnesota, 50% of first-rounders bust. Anyway, yeah, it's not like apocalyptic, but, I, I mean, I'm telling you, it gives me – do you think Watson stepping in here day one, the Denver Broncos go from 5'11", to 11 and five in 2021, Zach, is he that caliber? Is he, is he that tied like Peyton Manning comes in and you automatically are winning 12 or 13 games? Is he that kind of a tide that raises all ships can cover holes? You know, Peyton Manning, look, you had some serious holes, even in Indy, man, how, how bad were those defenses all those years with the exception of that year, they won it all. But that year in 06, when the, when the Colts went all the way, their defense sucked. And then Bob Sanders came back down the stretch. They turned into an excellent defense just in time for the playoffs. He covered holes, man, both on his offensive line. I mean, uh, Glenn, what was his name? Uh, uh, Tariq. Tariq Glenn, yeah, the yeah, tackle. I mean, that dude got Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl because of Peyton. He wasn't a, he wasn't a Ryan Clady caliber left tackle. So is he that – is Watson, Zach, that caliber of court? It doesn't have to be Hall of Famer Peyton Manning, but in terms of just – that tide that raises all ships and covers holes because that's what it would take to overcome losing all those ones, in my opinion. He's not Peyton, though, Chad. He can't do that. There, he's a great quarterback. He's a top-five quarterback, but he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not even Aaron Rodgers. He, he'll he make the Broncos a playoff team, but will he win a title? How many titles did he win in Houston? You mentioned all those 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 Vikings players. How many titles did the Vikings win? 
I mean, they just hired the executive from the Vikings. So again, it's the point, like Chad likes to say, the expression, the point of diminishing returns. If you give away all this capital that you can't build a team with, then what good is it to have a franchise quarterback? What good is it if you can't protect him? What good is it if, he, if you take away his receiver for him to throw to? What good is it if you strip away the defense? And what good is it, Chad? You talk about coaching and getting him over the hump. What good is it? importing Deshaun Watson when you have Vic Fangio as the head coach and Pat Shermer as the coordinator for at least this season? The answer is it doesn't. Yep, I agree. Peter Parker again. We got Spider-Man to the rescue. He says, sorry, my question was, why hasn't anyone suggested a Locke-Jordan-Palmer offseason pairing? Palmer made a huge difference with Josh Allen. Palmer was Drew Locke's uh, quarterback guru coming out of Missouri. That's who he worked with leading up to the draft. In fact, Zach, something's teasing me in the back of my mind. I want to say that Locke, somewhere along the way since the season ended, is some kind of confirmation out there that he plans on reconnecting with with Jordan Palmer this offseason. Am I misremembering that? Did you remember hearing something like that? I haven't heard that, but John says he did, I think so. But the point remains, and uh, in case you didn't know that, Peter, yeah, Drew Locke and and Jordan Palmer do have a, a working history together, so don't be surprised if you see them uh, teaming up again then, this offseason. And then fire Mike Shula. Why does he have a job? Why does Pat Shermer have a job? He needs to go to an outside source chat for quarterback help when he has two quarterback gurus on the roster or on the coaching staff. All right, I want to grab J-Lo, and then there's one from Brandon Cook on YouTube I want to get, and then we about we got to get out of here. So J-Lo Wright, good to see you, my brother. This is a guy, a superstar that comes in. He's not every single chat. He's not every single stream. But at least once a week, we see him in in the stream and we see him on Super Chat. So we appreciate you, my friend. He says, uh, there's no need to go for Deshaun Watson. Shermer wouldn't know what to do with him. (laughs) Drew isn't the most mobile, but his athleticism is already underused, Zach. I mean, it's like getting a Ferrari and giving it to a toddler. What is he going to do with it? I mean, you're not going to get the maximum performance out of the car like you would if you gave that Ferrari to Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or Cliff Kingsbury. By the way, another young coach we we failed to mention, Chad, in that whole little spiel about that, that's the way the NFL is going. And who do the Broncos have? They have 62-year-old Vic Fangio as the head coach and, what, 59-year-old Pat Shermer as the O.C.? So it's it's not conducive to what Watson wants. And like I mentioned earlier, I think it was on the uh, Wednesday or Monday's pod, if Watson's doing this now after the seasons he's had in Houston where they've won titles, division titles, I should say, what makes you think he wouldn't do this in Denver if things go south, if he doesn't like Shermer or Fangio or anything else? It's just it's not conducive at all. Brennan Cook says, Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, is Denver's dream QB. He can play in the cold and at elevation – His 2018 schedule was much harder. He doesn't have a great starting cast. He elevates his team. He beat USC by himself in 2018. I like Zach Wilson. He's my number two. And for me, it goes goes Lawrence and then, then Wilson, at least right now. And I've only begun to scratch the surface on the quarterbacks. But I like him. I'm not sure he's a day one upgrade or even a day 700 upgrade over Drew with where Drew is, you know, two full years into the league development, all that stuff, experience, live bullets. I mean, BYU does have a a decent tradition in terms of NFL quarterbacks, but uh, I'm just not convinced quite yet on Zach Wilson being that day one upgrade, Zach. Yeah, I don't know about him being the dream quarterback, but Brendan, I agree with what the premise of what you're saying. Zach Wilson, to me, is the QB2 in this class. He has uh, so much tantalizing upside, and there's not much of a gap between him and Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, so I, I like him as a prospect, but I haven't focused too much time on him realistically, Chad, because I don't think he's going to be there at number nine overall, nor would the Broncos entertain trading up in the top five or top three to get someone of that caliber. Bobby, the princess in the house, good to see you. She uh, she likes coming in every once in a while at the at the tail end, at the 11th hour. But, hey, whether we get you at the top of the show, Bobby, at the bottom, we just love having you in the stream. Thank you, as always, yes. for your support. She says, love the pod, as always. Thank you. I'm pretty sure everyone – actually, I haven't confirmed with Lance yet if Lance got his his uh, package quite yet, Bobby. But uh, we'll, be, we'll be reaching out to you in the near future on that. So love you, appreciate you. I hope you're having a great week. Yes, thank you, Bobby. Um, let me see here real quick before we get out of here. I'm going to, again, call to action, guys. I know so much of our listening and live stream audience is on YouTube. So many also on Facebook, but we need all of you right now. I'm putting the, the link in the stream. Go follow the new Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Give it a like. You'll be following this the page. It doesn't cost you anything. We're going to be doing a lot in terms of putting content there that you're going to you're going to want to be in on. And um, trust trust on that. So head on over there, gang. Carlos, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He says, love y'all. That's all. Carnalitos. Appreciate that, brother. I get hungry every time he says that, Chad. It makes me want carnita or carne asada, one of the two, (laughs) every time. All right, guys. Isaac Mitchell. Oh, yeah. We didn't get Isaac. Let me grab it. I'll I'll, uh, reverse engineer it. Thank you, Isaac, for the reminder, my friend. We don't leave any superstar on the outside looking in. Even if we, we stay late and long, we're happy to do it. We love doing it. Isaac. Appreciate you, bro. He says, you guys got me back on Twitter after not using it since 2015. It is now addicting. Ha ha. Much appreciation for MHH. Be careful, Isaac. (laughs) Isaac, here's the thing on that, and this goes for everybody. Twitter, you know, you just got to be careful. It can be very, uh, for lack of a better term, it can be toxic. So I'll tell you what I do on Twitter. I just keep it within sports for the most part. I I don't get involved in politics on Twitter. None of that BS I ju- I'm just there for football and keeping the conversation going. So for all of you, there are ways when Zach and I leave the stream that you can keep the conversation going with us. One of the ways, follow on Twitter, connect with us on social media. The other way, go over to milehighhuddle.com and read the articles at the bottom comment. We want to hear your takes on each and every article that we write, whether it's Zach and myself, Eric, Nick, Carl, Josh, any of the guys, Lance, Luke, we want your takes and we want that engagement in I'll tell you what, when I publish an article, I'll give it, you know, an hour or two, and then I'll hop back in and look and see what the comments are, and I'll reply to the to the comments, and we love it. That's another way to keep the conversation going, so hit us up there. Isaac, I don't know your politics, but you're either going to love Twitter or hate Twitter, depending on your politics, but all I can recommend, like Chad said, is stay in the lane that you choose, meaning Broncos or NFL, and uh if you don't want to get angry, don't wait outside that because it gets pretty, pretty bad in certain corners of Twitter, a lot of corners of Twitter. All right, guys, we're dipping out of here, but make sure you follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Also, the main account at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. My partner, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen. And then don't forget to connect with John Buona Beast on Twitter. It's at John K. That's K A Y. MHH, he's a great Twitter follower. Trust me on that. He finds every little nugget of what's going on with the Broncos that day. And he's just, if you're following John on Twitter, I say follow Mile High Huddle for breaking Broncos news and analysis. You won't miss anything. That's true. 
but a lot of the stuff that ends up on Mile High Huddle Twitter is stuff curated and found by John that's thrown it out to us. We jump on, we do an article. So follow John on Twitter as well. But one last thing here, gang, call to action. Become a supporter on Facebook because Kelberman's Corner Episode 3 drops Sunday at noon. Zach's got a hot take that's going to hold some water, cooked up, ready to go for you on Sunday at noon alongside uh, Kim Becker. And uh, it's easy to do. You just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mile high huddle, big blue button. Boom, you're in like Flynn. We'll see you in that particular stream. But guys, normally on a Thursday night at this point, we'd be saying goodbye. See you on Sunday. But Zach and I will be seeing you tomorrow night for the Mile High Huddle 2021 NFL Draft Primer. So 6 o'clock, the usual time. It's going to be me. It's going to be Zach. It's going to be Nick, Carl, Luke, Lance, Eric. It's going to be a gas. We're going to prime you for the first round, get to know the names, get to know the scenarios, get to know all the evaluations on these guys. So make sure you come back 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And if you can't make it live, it's all good. You'll have that video you can refer back to when you get some time. So, Zach, dude. Have a great uh, weekend, I guess. I'll see you be on Talk to You Well before then. I'll see yeah. you tomorrow night. So have a great rest of your night, my brother, and sign us on out of here. You too, Chad, and everyone else out there. Uh, if you can't make tomorrow, it's okay. You can make Kelberman's Corner on Sunday afternoon. And if you can't make that, I expect you guys to be there Sunday night for the podcast, the Huddle Up Pod, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, as always. Thank you guys for another great podcast, another great week, Chad, of podcasting. We will see you tomorrow. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 